if you've ever wondered what is an IRS tr uh, trust private finding letter and how it relates to the spendthrift trust, you've come to the right place, although the answers are probably not what you're going to be expecting. Uh, my name is Don Thornton. I have been a real estate investor for 20 years. I have this spendthrift trust. I run my real estate investing business in conjunction with the trust. And in this video, I'm going to talk to you about what an IRS trust a private finding letter is, and specifically about the letter that has to do with this trust and the and IRS Code 643 and why we're able to get such huge legal tax reductions. And then I'm going to go in and talk a little about what IRS Code 643 is. I'll quote from a uh, analysis done by a senior IRS agent about this. And then we'll talk about you know exactly why this strategy is in complete con uh, compliance with IRS Code 643 with examples, quotes from the IRS trust private finding letter. So let's get started. So what in the world is an IRS trust uh, private finding letter? Well, it's basically uh, when a taxpayer, usually it's a corporation, decides that they need to have a very specific ruling from the IRS about some type of transaction. So what the IRS will do is it'll take them, you know, sometimes nine to 12 months to analyze this, go through it all, and they will issue what they call a private finding letter ruling. And so the, the, the object is to interpret and apply any applicable tax laws to what the taxpayer had submitted as far as the representative facts of the case. Now, it can be a little pricey. It costs about uh, $10,000 to $12,000. And uh, they don't officially publish, although all, all private funding letters are published. It's just that, you know, it's designed to be, uh, it's designed to remove any uncertainty and advise taxpayers about the tax treatment they can expect with uh, what they're looking to do. Now, of course, you know, full disclosure, this does not mean that every single, that, that, that if, if somebody gets a, a ruling on a specific uh, tax event, that it's precedent for everything else, right? However, however, it does provide very, very good um, basis on what the IRS is thinking, what they consider to be a legal tax strategy and what is it. So what I want to do now is talk a little bit about the IRS tax uh, private finding letter that we have it's right here. As you can see it says IRS and her revenue service. This was done on behest of a family that was in a fight about, you know, inheritance. And specifically, there was one part of the inheritance that had to do with, you know, hey, you know what? We everybody wants to get their money, right? Any kind of a entanglement with wills and things like that. And there was a slight snag. Now, I mean, there was four different rulings that the IRS uh, ruled on here. But the one that we're the only one that we are really interested in is the one that has to do with a trust getting money from an LLC and determining that the LLC is uh, money was was not that was sent to the trust was a non-taxable event because of IRS code 643. I'm going to read from that right now. Uh, the IRS says you have requested the following rulings uh, and just, you know, about the settlement trust, the, what distributions, blah, 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 blah. Number three is the important one. It says the monetary distribution from LLC to trust made in compliance with settlement agreement is not income within the meaning of IRS code 643. Okay, so that's what, that's the only thing we are interested in because that's the key. 
that shows that you know that what how IRS Code six forty three works with the trust and how LLC sending money to the trust and why that is not a uh, taxable event. Now, I'm going to go ahead and quote from this. So apologies for reading from this directly, but I think you'll see that it's very valuable to what we're looking for. Okay, so this is this is the ruling. Section six forty three. Defines the term distributable net income as a taxable income of the estate or trust computed with certain modifications. All right. So 643B and the regulations there under provide that for the purposes of subparts A, B, C, and D, the term income, when not preceded by the word taxable, distrib distributable net, undistributed net, or gross, means the amount of the income of the estate or trust for the taxable year determined under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local laws. Items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends or taxable stock dividends within the fiduciary, which is the trustee, acting in good faith determines to be allocable to the corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. Okay, so that's what that's what the that's what's at stake here. The IRS is um saying that we're going to rule whether this is uh you know within I, this uh a trust the income coming from the LLC uh declared extraordinary dividend is that taxable income for the trust or not and this is the final thing it says accordingly based on the facts submitted and the representations made we rule that the monetary distribution from the LLC to the trust is an extraordinary dividend excluded from the definition of income within the meaning of IRS Code 643. So at the very minimum, that shows you that, uh, you know, that, they, that, this, that what we're talking about here, this, this entire strategy, that by declaring passive income that comes into the trust from an LLC, for example, or from any passive income stream for that matter, uh, is if it's declared an extraordinary dividend by the trustee, it is not considered income by the IRS. And so they follow up here and say these distributions are not part of this of a trust distributable net income. Okay. And so therefore uh, they rule that uh, they are not income. They're not considered income for the, the grandchild and the great grandchild that we're trying to get the money from it. So that, and it's, that is basically an example of what an IRS trust letter is and how it relates to this trust and this tax strategy. Okay. That's very important. So what I want you to do now is subscribe, subscribe to my channel, click the bell, get notified when I drop amazing knowledge nuggets here. Almost every week I'm doing this, trying to get you as much education and content that you can have so you can make the right decision about whether this, this trust, this tax strategy works for you. All right, please do that. All right, now the second thing I want to talk about right now is uh, what... Again, we're going to review IRS Code 643. Now, basically, what we're trying to do here is we are explaining how this works again. So, in a nutshell, I'm going to just I'm just going to um, uh, paraphrase this. Okay, so the IRS 643 means that if the trust that we have a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift trust, all right, if it has an, a passive income stream that comes in, now that can be um, you know, if an LLC is working in concert with the trust where you, um, you know, the, there's a lease back, the, the, the LLC leases the, its uh, assets to the trust, the trust leases them back. And so the LLC pays a lease payment to the trust throughout the year, which is going to lower its taxable income for the LLC. 
or if the trust becomes a 90% limited member or limited partner of an LLC, that means that it will be, um, you know, if it's declared an extraordinary dividend, then it will not be considered a taxable event for the trust. Okay, so that's the that's the core tax strategy that we, we that we're talking to people about here in this strategy. So uh, now also capital gains as well. Capital gains is also not considered a capital gains event. Uh, for the trust. Now, I'm going to, this is going to be a lot about reading here because I want to show you, I'm going to, I want you to listen to, you know, these are analysis done by the IRS. So this one is, was done by a senior revenue agent with the Department of Treasury that was responsible for examination of corporate tax returns, real estate investing trust, high income individuals and related, re related taxable entities. Okay. So this is what is said. And as you're going to find this is very similar to what you just heard from the IRS trust uh, finding letter. Where a private finding letter where it states that um, definitions applicable to IRS Code 643, subparts A, B, C, and D, clearly defined and outlined that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocate, allocated to the corpus of a trust and are not required by the governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries. It further outlines that extraordinary dividends are excluded as items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends. Whereas the trustee, according to the terms and conditions of the trust, in compliance with all applicable local laws, and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such dividends are allocable to the corpus of the trust uh, under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, shall not be considered income, right? So that's what, that's the core part of this strategy everything hinges on this strategy that there is such a code as irs 643b that there is um alco you know is allowed in the tax code it is legal for money that passive income that comes into the trust can be declared an extraordinary dividend by the trustee and that money is not considered income for the trust as long as you allocate it to the corpus of the trust and it is the trust does not require the trustee to distribute to the beneficiaries, which this trust does not. Okay, so that really is why this, this is so important that you understand how 643 works, B works with this trust. But what I want you to do now, please, is to subscribe, or not subscribe, comment, leave me a comment. What do you think about this? Uh, do you have any ideas about other videos that I can do? Because I really want to get this out here as much as I can. This particular topic was requested because we have been, you know, when people reach out to me and they do a private strategy session, they want to know more about 643 and how it works with the IRS Trust private finding letter. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a video about that. And so that's that's what this is the result of that. So please comment and give me some ideas about what else you'd like for me to uh, to talk about. All right. So now we're going to talk about, um, you know, why this, like I said, I've already touched upon this before. I just want to review really quickly here. Okay. So how this trust and the tax strategy is applied to it is perfectly legal. And frankly, if you're not doing it, then I don't know what's wrong with you because it's there for the taking. It's there to be used. Why not do it? And I've shown you different documentation from the IRS that says you can do this. This is legal. And it's not, it is exactly what, what we are presenting. What I'm presenting to you in, in these videos is that number one, you buy you invest in, you purchase the non-grantor irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust. This is the only trust 
that allows you to do this strategy to get this massive tax reduction. And so, like I said, we have three ways for you to be able to massively legally reduce your taxes with this trust. The first one is the trust has a passive income stream of some kind. You know, if your trust has an account with Charles Schwab and it has, you know, investments, if you have rental properties, leases, the, that stuff coming in, that's passive income for the trust. Okay. As trustee, you can declare all that income to be an extraordinary dividend and it will not, it will not be a taxable event for the trust. Okay. Secondly, uh, if you have a uh, trust asset, income, income property, you know, crypto, uh, Forex, precious metals, anything with value, business, right? If you sell that and it's a trust asset, then as I quoted from the from IRS, that agent with that analysis of 643B, then uh, all capital gains, it's not, a, it's not a considered a capital gains tax event. So the money comes into the trust, it stays in the trust, it's not... It's not uh, required by the trust to be distributed to, to uh, the beneficiaries. That means that instead of that money going to the IRS, it stays inside the trust. And you as a trustee have 100% discretion to pay all the trust expenses with this money, invest in other, other assets, get more income streams coming in. That's the beauty of this. And finally, if you have an LLC where you are generating some kind of active income, ordinary income, let's say you're selling something or you're providing a service. If you're a business owner, if you're a 1099 employee, if you are a medical professional, private practice, you know, there's, if you're just not getting a salary, a W-2 salary, then you can work in conjunction with this trust. And all that we're doing here, if you just get rid of all the other stuff and just get to the core of what this strategy is, it means that, when you have your LLC, that's what you're. That's how you're running your business. That's the structure you've chosen to to run your business to generate revenue. Then the trust is going to become a ninety percent member or partner of your trust. Your the LLC is going to sell its assets to the trust. Okay, the trust is going to lease them back. So what do we do there? When it all comes down to it, all we've done is we've created two more legitimate. Um, uh, expenses that can be deducted that will significantly lower the LLC's uh, money that's available to be taxed. And how do we do that? Well, the lease. The, 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 the LLC is going to be going to be paying for that lease. It can be monthly, it can be quarterly, it could be you know twice a year, however well you want that, but that's going to be moving money that would be taxable for the LLC over to the trust. The K-1 distribution, you know, uh, at the end of the year, after you deduct everything, including the lease, whatever's left over, 90% of that can go over to the trust as a K-1 distribution. And a K-1 distribution and a uh, lease payment, those are passive income for the trust. The trustee can declare those as part of the, of the extraordinary dividend on the, on the trust tax return. So those are not considered taxable income. Meanwhile, you've reduced a significant amount of money that would be taxable in your LLC, and now it's down to very little, you know, let's say maybe it depends on how aggressive you want to be with this strategy. You can get it down to as low as three, five, 10, 15% of what you would have paid normal and all legal. So what I want you to do is seriously, it's time to take action. Uh, down in the description, you have my uh, phone number, you have my uh, website and my Calendly link, get my ebook for my website, look at it, uh, you know, <laughs> Get, do some due diligence here and then uh, 
you know, um, reserve a time to talk to me and we'll do a private session for free. And I'll go over this and how this can work for you. I'm telling you, 2023 will be an amazing year and you can save so much more money in taxes legally and not worry about the, the IRS Gestapo coming in at three in the morning and dragging you out of bed and taking you to jail because this tax, this, this strategy is perfectly legal. So thank you very much for uh, joining. I'll talk to you next time.